Yes, good evening, Rav Nissen. And once again, we are honored and happy to have this program together of Let's Grow Together with your host, Mordechai Weiberger, and Harav Nissen. So it's always a pleasure and an honor. And what we are going to ask is to get some of our callers, 718-683-5858. Let's get some callers, 718-683-5858, to get your mental health question and awareness. So we are looking forward to getting some questions and comments. 718-683-5858. Now, just before we're going to start, I would just like to announce for those listening that Merit Hashem, we are going to be starting our annual The Parenting Workshop that we do once a year. Merit Hashem, it's going to start next Tuesday, May 9th, and to sign up is you can call 201-691-7626, 201-691-7626. And I've already gotten requests. We're giving sort of like an early bird special. So it's a price if you call up earlier, and then after the price goes up a little, it's seven evenings. And again, the goal that I'd like people to know is you don't have to take my workshop. I happen to be doing this workshop. In each of our programs, we always discuss the importance of taking a workshop if you need it. You've got children under the age of eight, and you just want to know what's normal, and can you do it, and how do you do it, you'll learn the skills. You've got teenagers, you just want to know when the teenagers doesn't want to do something, or they're acting up, to know it's normal. How do you get them to help out? When do you let go a little? Allowing them to start learning from their mistakes and from, you know, from sort of the choices that you make, teaching them really adulthood. So the goal is for parents to be confident. And one of the most important points that I focus on in this workshop and all the workshop, it's about parents being confident. It's about parents feeling that they know what they're doing. And once you have that ability, you see major shifts and changes all over. Again, the number to call up to ask your question is 718-683-5858, and the number to sign up to this workshop is 201-691-7626, 201-691-7626. And we are going to Mrs. G. Mrs. G, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Yes, thank you very much for taking my call. Thank you, Harav Nissen, for making it happen. Um, I wanted to understand what is, I lost my father a few months ago, and we just had a bris of Einikel, and he was yeah. named after my father. Yes. And I'm trying to have feel interesting feeling in me about accept, uh, I don't know how to express it or to tell you what exactly what I feel like, but the giving of the name. It's, I know he's not here. I know he's, I know it's, the way I hear it's a very big thing to give a name after grandfather. But what do I feel interesting in me, like a funny feeling I have? So now let's help you identify the funny feeling. Is the funny feeling sadness? Is the funny feeling loss? Maybe it makes it more real. When you named after him, now it's final, and now it's a sadder feeling than you felt before. And just like puts a stamp on it, this is it. I can't make it deny it in my yeah. head, even though I want to deny it. Yeah. I don't want to deny it because it can't deny it. It just 
<laughs> so let's help you process. Let's first help you realize two points. Number one, notice that I've offered you different emotions to like what it fits, and you haven't picked any of them. I just want you to notice. It's a note as a therapist was going through my mind. Let's say, is it sadness? Is it anger? Is it what loss? It's Naming more of a loss. An emotion a sad helps loss. the body um, digest it. Now, mm -hmm. we need to understand that when someone loses a parent, someone gave me a great muscle, it's an amputation of the emotions. Just like Hasashan, mm -hmm. when someone loses an arm, a leg, a sight, you need to relive their, you, you need to relearn your entire life how to, how to do something. A simple task of just putting on a shirt. If someone Hasashan just loses one finger, everything changes. Mm -hmm. Losing a parent which raised you, which built you, your subconscious knows I have a father there. Your subconscious knows if I ever need help, who's the first instinct person that I'm going to go to? Just to show you an example, I once had a friend. I mean, I lost my father eight years ago, so I can relate to what you're saying at a very young age. I should call it young age, but I just want to take an easier example. I had a very good friend that was someone that always knows everything. You know those people, if you need a little, where do you get a car? Where do you get this cheaper? How do you arrange? You want to go there to stroll? Who's the person to arrange? This guy knows everything. And for whatever reason, this person sort of asked to be left out of things. Like he feels everyone was using him, people only used him, and he felt for about a year he just didn't want to be anymore the 311, didn't want to be the information for people. And we all respected and we had a wonderful time. But I found so many times I had a question, I just wanted to reach out to him, ask him a question, and all of a sudden he said, and my mind said, no, who else am I going to go to? And I felt like a loss. Who do I go to? It okay. took my mind a couple, of t a couple of, let's say, weeks or even months to start thinking of other places, and Baruch Hashem, there's now an entire, almost like a Rolodex of people for different things that I could reach out to them for help, different ears, and they can reach out to me for help, for an example, in the friendship. Now, that's just a friendship. Imagine a parent who from the first day of your life, the first month, the first year, then the second and third year, they're there as that support system, that there is the person who's part of you, your subconscious goes there, and now that the parent's not there, it takes the brain time to digest it. Mm -hmm. So if it's a huge loss, like if your father wasn't ill before, then... It's sudden. You didn't have a chance to start imagining what would life be like without him. Well, this is a Pesach or a Yantiv or something okay. that's going on, and he's now in the hospital, or he's not well. Next year we won't have him. The brain needs time to digest and have these thoughts in months or sometimes even a year, and if it happens suddenly, it's hard to digest mm -hmm. it. So if you're it still in the digesting stage... And all mm -hmm. of a sudden he's dead, and everyone's talking about he passed, and then they want to honor him. Then they're giving a name after him. You're still busy getting the loss that he's not there. You're not ready yet to see the next generations come and start taking over the place. There's now a new generation that's going to start taking over those places. Right. I guess it's just, I guess it's just time that actually is going to make it heal in me. Partially. Partially, time is one of the concepts. Shlaim HaMelech has an interesting concept that he says, What the mind doesn't get, what the brain doesn't process, then with time it processes. But I want you to understand the first part. The brain, there is a way to process loss. One of them is writing it out. 
talking it out, identifying the emotion. Like you said, I have an interesting feeling. It's not interesting. Identify it. It's sadness. It sometimes mm. can even be anger. It can sometimes be loss. It can be feeling alone. Mm-hmm. It can be feeling vulnerable. Identifying the words of the emotion that you are feeling helps the brain start processing so you can start feeling that his laws go through the mourning process. So identifying means by, by writing it and writing whatever the things I feel about why all the feelings I have, that's going to help me get over it. Tell you what, I'll help you out. Let's just announce, remind people the number to call up to ask your question. It's 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we would like to please get some questions. People, feel free to call up. The line's available now, 718-683-5858. And now let's clarify what that means. That means if you can somewhere get a little chart of emotions, if you have access to the mm-hmm. Internet, you can just do just simply search uh, emotional mm-hmm. charts and then start going through. There might be ten emotions that will say, oh, that is what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. So when you think I'm going to make Hasana also in June. And yeah. it's like a, I feel like he's not going to be there. I feel like I'm missing. I just want to... I'm talking my, I guess I'm talking my feelings. So watch this. I just opened up a chart that we use in our center. And just for sadness, there gives you, it's like a level of high, medium, and low different emotions. So now since it's sadness, we will just check these words. We'll start at the low level, dissatisfied, disappointed, upset, blue, moody, unhappy, maybe melancholy, let down, distressed, lost, somber, heartbroken sometimes miserable, sorrowful, hopeless, dejected, mm-hmm. hurt, alone. Any of those mm-hmm. feelings at all came up in there? Yeah. That's, that's right. Like. So that's what you do. So you mm-hmm. take a chart of emotions and you start going, right now this is what I'm feeling. Then mm-hmm. you can do the same thing with the wedding. I'm making a wedding, and I should be happy and excited, but I feel sad my father's not there. I feel lonely he's not going to be there. I won't have my father to give the bracha to that I look forward to. I won't have my father giving me that bracha or that smile telling me, oh, Baruch Hashem, I have such nachas. Mm-hmm. So once you can process, but you've got to give an emotion to it. My father won't be there, and I feel you want to finish off the sentence, and I feel sad. When I look mm-hmm. at my mother and I see she's all alone, I will feel hurt or broken. When I see the couple getting married and I realize, wow, the generations are going, maybe Chas in 20, 30, 50, 100 years it's going to be us, I feel afraid. There are different thoughts that come through. Mm-hmm. So I have a very, very good friend where they've just had a baby, and as, Baruch Hashem, the, the baby was coming into this world, the grandmother was being nifter. The grandmother was nifter that night and was being buried. And someone told the grandson, Mazel Tov and Baruch Dainem. It's at the same time. It means you can have two opposite feelings going on at the same time. And when I identify those feelings, after working on that, it gives my, in my, in me my feelings calming down and accepting it? Yes. It starts mm-hmm. the process of mourning. Also, now I'm feeling sad. Allow yourself to feel sad now. When you can allow yourself to feel sad, then you can allow yourself to feel happy at the wedding. 
And at the wedding, you might allow yourself to feel happy and then get a sad moment, and that's also normal, and then go back to happiness. Mm-hmm. And chuppah is a time where it's an exciting time, but it's a very emotional time. You allow yourself to cry and to feel sad. And after that, you could have the makeup artist over there touch up the makeup, and now you can be happy for the dancing. And then mm-hmm. it comes mitzvah tans, and then you go sad again. I see. Okay. Wait, Fine. I want to ask you. So what do you say? Okay, I, I, this, is, this is amazing because, you know, today it's the independent days of Israel. And yesterday was the Memorial Day for the soldiers. It's so big contrast. And I would say that most of the Israeli had lost a lot of friends, a lot of relatives in the wars. And suddenly, from a very sad, very, very sad day, we come to the happiness of celebration of uh, the independent or that's mode, you know. And it's... It's as you said about the, but you have to see that, and we, when you look at your, your your grandchild, and this this is his name, and you have to be very happy and to be proud about it. For us, the Sephardic, we do we calling the, the children, the, our grandchildren, and the name of the life parents, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's a different. But I I tell you from my 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 experience, I lost my my parents very young, and. As you say, I, I, you know, many, many years took me to do, to pick up the phone and call to my house, to my brother was living over there, and to expect, listen to my parents' voice. It's something mm-hmm. that's very, very natural, but you know, it's something that you, 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 you it's very difficult to lose so, a, a parent or close relative, close friends. But uh, we, 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 we know that we're looking the. And, and forward, and you see, you see that, that your grandchildren or your children that name after you, after uh, this person, and you be proud, and you see that the the person up and even smile and said, "I did something good," and we uh, we have a, a great family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I see. I have some work to do a little bit beforehand, and then we'll get there. Yes, and one of the points that you can also recognize is that as long as you're aware and you're allowing yourself to go through the process, you can find the sadness come over you, cry, or be sad, and then move on. When people are busy fighting it, I shouldn't be sad, I should be happy, that causes more stress. Mm-hmm. Or, or the okay. opposite, I shouldn't be happy, I have said. It's, you know, it's sometimes people feel guilty that they have like happiness. I don't yeah. have the guilt. I just feel that um, I, I guess I, did, I need more time and process of getting my feelings out and, and putting it, allowing myself feeling those feelings, and then to get it out, and yeah. then to, be able to accept the whole, be more calmer in with me. Excellent, excellent. That's exactly it. Okay. Thank you, and that's Lacharaba. For the first. Oh, Amen. Yes, beautiful, okay. beautiful question. Very, and thank very you, nice. Thank you, but I took your, I took your course of inner peace. Yes, it's amazing. Inner peace. It's just inner peace. It was amazing. I had such a calm yontav, and it was so as the way things flowed and things get to me, and it was, and, and I knew when to stop for myself and to take care of myself, not to get over the. Over, not to over, over, overexert yourself and to help. Yes. And then 
So what happened? I'd like you to share it with everyone because this is important. This is breaking a stigma of people thinking that if you don't push yourself, then things won't work out. What happened when you pushed yourself, when you felt you need to take a break or stop, you stopped? Were you calmer and happier by doing if that I, break, or do you think you would have been calmer and happier pushing yourself more? No, when I pushed myself and I wasn't – everybody in the house got affected by my pushing. Either I was irritable or I was um, – Kids, even the married kids, there was more tension between each other because I was tense. And they felt it. As soon as I, I, when I learned to let go and I just let go, things fell into place anyway. And it was perfectly fine the way it was. That's what it's supposed to be. I finished. I just didn't. It was okay. And everybody was calm, and things were calm, and everybody had a very, very nice time, Yanta. It was a beautiful Yanta, because there was no stress around. Yes. So it's actually me as the core to, that really makes the family and, and the surroundings everywhere, the, the house to be whatever, whatever needs to be. Yes, that is exactly the point. And that is the point that we want to clarify with everyone that our goal is that when we are the parents, when we take care of ourselves, the entire yuntiv comes in different. When we're learning to recognize our limits, it's not a weakness saying, now I can't anymore, now I need to take a break. Just the opposite. It's a strength because then you're calm, you're teaching your children limits, and then everything grows from there. It really does. Yes. And I guess really, I want to really thank does. you for saying that because now I'm going to be promoting right now, Hashem, next week, Tuesday, we're starting the parent, the, the parent workshop. And for those parents, be aware that Baruch Hashem, we've got beautiful feedback. I'm not telling you if you have a choice. This is something else. Make your choices. But if you haven't taken a parenting workshop, it's very cost-effective. It's seven evenings. I'm going to do twice, both after the evening and on a Sunday, questions and answers for those from Europe. We're going to have a special Europe number. You can ask the questions twice. We're here to make it work. It's 50% less than any other workshop that's out there for seven evenings of two and a half hours, those times, plus an extra hour of questions the next time. We're making it affordable. Just take it. Get educated. You can do it. The number to sign up to that one is 201-691-7626. 201-691-7626. Thank you very much this, again. And have luck around for the further, all the other things you're doing. Well, thank okay. you. Thank you. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Excellent. And we are going to, Ravnison, what would you say to this about loss? I'm so appreciative that she asked this question because we don't really have too many people calling about it. It's, it's an important topic. It's it's very important topic, you know, because we you know people can stay in their sorrow and this and without getting out. And and we know personally quite a few people that couldn't, um, uh, uh, cannot get out of the of this uh, sadness or emptiness or the the the, the, the empty space that that start you know, happen in the life, you know. And it's it's very difficult to get over. It's very important to talk about it and share other people about your feeling, sharing about you know, and and you know this is really example today. It's really the day. It's we spoke all all day yesterday and today we spoke about the the Memorial Day, the soldiers that died during the war, 
and suddenly so just dramatically change and happiness in Israel. That's all happened, you know, talking about the, the, the parties and celebration of the 69 years of uh, existing of Israel. Uh, and, you know, the, if, it's we, if we wouldn't share it together, I think that a lot of people, a lot of us will stay in, in, in a lunatic house. Yes. Yet there is a power to group therapy where you have other people feeling and saying, I'm not the only one. This is normal. I could be happy. I could be sad. I can go to a wedding and here I have to be so happy for the chazan kala, but yet I feel the loss of my father all those years that we love. Yes, this really makes sense to have these opposite feelings. And sometimes you have a parent that says, I don't even want to make the wedding right now because I'm still feeling a loss. And the kids sometimes can feel, what about me? You don't love us? And the answer is just like the right hand loves the right, the, the left hand or the right foot loves the left foot. Losing a parent to a person is an amputation and you need to learn to adjust. Some people can do it easier. Some people need more time, depending if they're emotional people. And it's very important to recognize there's no judging. But what we do need to understand is it's important that emotions are meant to be processed and we're not supposed to get stuck in the sadness. I would say that something that helped for me, you know, that, you know, it's always just, you know, you see, you see the person that you're missing so much in the, in the moment of the happiness, you know. Is is there? No, we are Jewish. We believe in the Shema. We believe in, in all the, you know, the uh, after uh, death uh, life, you know, the Olam Abba, and we can just combine it together and see the the best of all. Yes, excellent. Is, do we have anyone yeah, on the yeah, line? Yeah, we'll go to Mrs. Uh, S. Mrs. S, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. You hear me? Yes. Hi, good evening. My voice is like from the clouds because I have this allergy, so I apologize. Sure. But um, this is my question. I'm doing a workshop with myself, and um, I want to know how the brain works. I somehow hear myself double, and it's annoying. Yeah, it does, it does come up double for those, but when it's brought, those that listen and they don't hear a double. Yes. Yeah, but I do, and it's annoying. Um, okay. okay, let me so, try and concentrate. I'm doing an inner workshop with myself, and I'm trying to figure out how does the brain work because um, I follow instructions more or less, and um, let's say part of it is to give yourself time with yourself and process all the things that went through with the day, and I don't do it so to, to so every night, but I still see tremendous results and changes and and, and, like, things are becoming different. And I want to understand how does it work the, inside, like in the brain. That's a very, you need to give me more specific questions. So just to give you a muscle, he's saying, I am starting to learn Svarim. I don't know what's safer. And I'm feeling better. Explain to me why. There are many workshops. You're using the word workshop. There are, there are about a hundred or thousands of different types of workshops out there that deal with the brain. So I need a little bit more detail for me to answer that question. Okay, so the, 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 the main core of this is um, basically giving a lot of time to yourself or not so much time to yourself, but, um, but like being understanding emotions and letting the emotions process without thinking, meaning you're not, you're not using your head, 
You're using your heart? Is it called a Sedona? Do you know what method it's called? It has a Hebrew name. I don't think it's going to matter for you. It's okay. called Ayeta. It's a, okay. it's a Hebrew. It's a Hebrew workshop. No, I don't know that because many of the Hebrew workshops are based on the American workshops or things like that are in different countries. Okay. Okay, it doesn't matter. This is this is the main of it, and um, and um, technically you see yourself in everything that goes around with you. So if someone gets you angry, it's not the person that got you angry. It's something in you that you see, and you, you, you find the yeah. thing, and well, you work on it, whatever. But yes, I'm this, not is the so phase, this is the olive phase of subconscious therapy. This was discovered by Freud in the 1920s. That is the whole theory of psychoanalysis. Yes. This is the olive phase of psychology. But I, but I want to understand how, if I don't follow 100%, I do the best I can, but I'm not, I'm not 100%. I'm maybe 70. How does things happen how how do all of a sudden my kids um opening up to me and and I'm there for them and I listen and they feel it even though i didn't I didn't do the thing I had to do for that like things are happening automatically, and I want to understand how well, let me explain it to you, and this is again we're going to go to the concept of the subconscious. the subconscious is a machine that we act, we're just not aware of our actions. That means you can be speaking to me, you can be angry, thinking that you're hiding your anger and I don't notice it, but your subconscious, because it's angry, that means your body language might be more tense. Your face might be a bit stern. You might not laugh when I crack a joke. Your tone might be a little bit more tense. And what happens is when we process our emotions, our feelings, our hurt, our anger, sadness, loss, whatever emotion it should be, and now we're easier within ourselves when we react to another, another person might try triggering us, and instead of us tensing up, which now that cycle happens, let's say they make a negative comment, I now get tense, so now I respond in a negative way, even though I'm in denial, and I think I responded calmly, but okay. really there's parts of us that were tense that now that person reacts tense, so now their response is going to be more tense, and then this is a negative cycle that escalates. When you work on yourself and now that person is triggered, and you don't get, you don't react to that. And the classical example that I just give is when a dog barks. You might be afraid, but you're not barking back. It might be saying you're too tall, you're too short, you're too fat, you're too skinny. You have black hair, you have blue hair, blue hair. You have blonde hair, you have red hair. As because we don't get triggered, we're not barking back at their words. And uh-huh. when you work on yourself, and someone makes a comment to you, then automatically you remain calm. Now it de-escalates, it calms down the whole reaction. And the same is when you just speak to them and you're calm. Now you can go, hi, how are you, in that calm way. Instead of when you're tense and they pick up, you go, oy vey, they're going to have issues. You go, hi, how are you doing? 
just your tone will change everything. And that's why inner work, that's why in our center, we do all three. We do inner work, we do cognitive work, we do behavioral work, and we also do trauma work, which is a different type of inner work. There are many different levels. So what you're saying is extremely true. Doing work on yourself will change the entire environment. And this is what Mayor of Nissen are talking about for years now, that Shalom and a family that has a personality disorder, by the healthy person going for change, it might take a year of going to therapy, but there will be changes all over. Now, Rav Nissen, what do you say to this? I would like to hear, what's your thoughts? Why is it that if this woman does work on herself, on a workshop, all of a sudden, other people around her, like kids or friends, that didn't take the workshop, they're reacting different. They're opening up to her. They're sharing more. What changed? I, I think, first of all, as you said before, but, you know, our Chachamim said, You know, it's, we are basically, uh, first of all, I want to say that we are amazing, amazing machine. Kadosh Baruch Hu create, we, our body is, is unbelievable. We fix ourselves. You know, you have a cut. After a few minutes, you can cut and slowly, slowly closing up. This is our machine, our brain, and all this chazde Hashem, they give us this option. But it's like when we transmit, or I would say, use the, the word transmit, a coming and more patience and more this, the environment around us getting it. You know, when you have, like, like, when you go to a room and it's like, like dark, and with, with a nice smell and the music, you feel different. And you go to a room that everything is open and just and noisy, you feel different. That's exactly what happened to us in, in, the, in, in our, uh, our micro-environment, I would say. That we are just, when you, you reflect and to, to transmit this coming and work about yourself, and it's, it's, inf it's influenced other people around you. And it's, it's, yeah. it's what you call it, feedback. And That's right. And we could even take it a step further. Do you ever notice that there are some people that when they come to the room you feel safe? There's a confidence to them? Yeah, but and it's you not feel like just that. It's not just that. It's even with me and me, things are happening. Yeah. I, I keep getting further even though I don't do everything they say. It's, yes. It's, it's, yes. it's, it's you, you yes, are the yes. machine. You are That's you're right. working. You you feel it and you understand. It's not you don't have to go by the book. You know what, what you are they following. You know, it, we are. I we like are, that. I feel like there's nisim around me happening. That's what I. Feel. I would I'm, like you to know about those nisim. I've got a client that just told me this Friday that she finds that all of a sudden driving around Brooklyn where you never find parking spots, more spots are opening up right where they need to be. And they're amazed. Now, not all the time. Not like all of a sudden every spot opens up. But they used to find it so hard getting a spot. And all of a sudden, just where they're going, they feel as they're becoming more positive, things start working out easier. They gave another example. They had to go into a store, and it was just closing, you know, like at 7 o'clock. And it used to be, please, can I now? It's, can I just go in? And they thought, oh, okay, just make it quick. When there's a lightness to you, there's amazing. a certain light. No, it's not just that. It's like I have... One of my kids has um, ADHD issues, and I was working years with a child, all kind of therapy, and all of a sudden, the child is normal. I cannot explain what happened. Yes, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Yes, I was really, really working, and I was wondering how it's working. 
So now you understand your, yes, your feelings. Also, I'll just tell you one of the simple ways for those listening. So it might not be you. If a mother or father has anxiety, as an N is angry, everyone around them will feel that. Which means that if this parent now works on themselves, the entire environment might calm down. And I'm not referring to you now. I'm just going to give examples, which means uh, because you've given that example of ADHD, so I thought about it. Many times people are coming in with a diagnosis saying, oh, I'm ADHD. And I go, no, there's anxiety and the entire environment's anxious. That's why I'm not talking about you. I'm just sharing. This is now. This is a. This is an awareness program. So you are healthy. What I'm, that's why I gave that little hakdama. That your example reminded me to share with everyone listening. That if you, the parent, are angry, nervous, shouting, critical, and your kids might get diagnosis, and all of a sudden you're changing. You might find that your kids are not really diagnosed, or your kids now can calm down, or they can start now the healing process. So parents, I'm a big believer in us working on us, and we know when we need it. And as you're hearing from this amazing Mrs. S., she's taking workshops. Grow. Do it on your own. You don't even need to go to therapists. Just start the process of growing. That's all that we request. Start the process. Continue the process. Grow. Yeah, Baruch Hashem. To whoever is interested, it's just amazing. It really is. Beautiful. Thank you. Be Amen. Amen. Thank you for that message and the chizuk for people to take workshops, grow, keep on growing. Okay. It's, yes, Rab, listen. Yeah, it's really radiation. I would say radiation, what we ready, you know, how we. Yes. And it's very important to to the neighbor to uh, to. No, all, it really does miss You know, you go go in the street, you know, and you go to a certain neighborhood, and the cars beeping and beeping, and everybody, you become nervous, you know, and you go to another uh, location, and everything is like smooth and running, and you feel much calmer, and this is the this is what is all about, you know. I'm telling you today, I I teach myself driving in a certain neighborhood in Bur- in Brooklyn. Nisim, calm down. You cannot, you know, and then because otherwise I come like them and just honking and running, you know, don't let nobody to pass me or to, you know, cut. This is something that's really at work. It's working. It's really. Listen, it says, um, that's what it is. Yes. That's right. It, it, and it works. I just appreciate you sharing that people growing, everything changes within yourself and around others. Beautiful. All right. Have a Excellent. Good night. Yes. The, okay. So uh, just who remind. Who is next on the line? Remind numbers because right now. I'm sure the, the numbers. Uh, we lost that other person. We lost so the Mrs. person. Yeah. Ah, sure. It's number is 718-683-5858, We look forward to taking your questions and your comments. We've got now the availability. And you know, while we're just waiting for someone to, to call in, I'll share a little about the parenting workshop. One of the points that I like very much about the parenting workshop is that I divide it into three levels. We do the subconscious, as this woman discussed, about finding your strength. What's your style? Feel safe being a parent, feeling safe saying yes, but most importantly, feeling safe saying no. means not no as people go, oh, the parents say no too many times. No, we're talking about saying no with an awareness, with a cheshven, that when you say no, it's healing. That's inner 
confidence of the parents. Then we've got the second component, so that's the inner, the subconscious. Then we work on the logic, the knowledge information. How do you say no? How do you set a boundary? How do you teach kids a self-esteem? How do you build their, how do you build their ability to grow, their shield? We even deal, for an example, the, well, that's the second part. So we give the skills. How do you get a kid to do homework? How do you get to come in when the other kids are staying out? How do you get your teenager to say, these are our limitations in our family? This is what you're going to do, even though others are different. How are you going to get the kids to either get dressed, to clean up, do homework, as we've mentioned, but help out? That's the knowledge base. And then we've got the action and behavior, which is for them to do it. Get it done. And it's a separate hush to actually know the information, feel it, but then get it done. And then I've added on an entire almost day, day and a half, just to be aware of different diagnoses. What does it look like in a kid and in a teenager depression? What does anxiety look like? Many times people just shoot those names to realize that it's not, to understand there's a lot of age-appropriate behaviors. A six-year-old kid's afraid. That's normal. There's a lot of that going on and discussing how to help your child if they're going through any bullying situations, how to get out of it. It's not the full bullying workshop. That in itself is a six-day workshop, but it's an awareness um, to start identifying what's needed and what you can do within yourself. And I guess for those listening and those that would like to sign up, the number is 201-691-7626, 201-691-7626. And really today was supposed to be the last day to get the cheapest price, the first price. However, due to the fact that several people have asked, so they just heard about it, we're probably going to extend it to tomorrow as well. But after tomorrow, then the price goes up to the next level. We are going to Mrs. R. You're either back or a new Mrs. R. You're on Shalom, can you hear me? Listen. Yes, we hear you loud and clear. Hello? Hello? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Hello? Oh, hi. My name is um, Rivka. How are you? First and foremost, I want to thank you. And um, Nissan, you're my biggest fan. <laughs> and... Um, Dr. Weinberger, or, or I call you, I can't, I don't know your first name, I forgot, so yeah. I apologize. Okay, sure. uh, Weinberger, you're excellent, I've read your book, and one thing I want to say that's amazingly special this, that I'd like to share that I think will help people is my father was a Holocaust survivor, he passed away four years and four months to be exact, and he not only was a cancer survivor, he was a Holocaust survivor, he was 83, and he was in, in the war at eight years old, and he was my hero, and I was the only daughter, I had three brothers, and um, when my father passed away, I went to therapy for, uh, to, uh, to, for grievance. And it was the Jewish Family Services in state of California. And I want to say that the best thing I ever did in my life because, you know, my family, people, you talked about emotions, Dr. Weinberger, and, uh, yeah. you know, the family, the siblings can help you. I think therapy is the most incredible thing in the world. And not only did this woman help me tremendously because she – Actually, it turned out she was a, a blessing in disguise. She also helped me with post-divorce. It turned out that we started talking about things that affected, you know, in terms of my father passing away. And what I did was, on a Jewish level, I want to add this and say it's so beautiful, that it gave me so much peace. And I go to his gravesite, and basically what I found was that I started learning Torah in his memory, and Oheb uh, Shalom, and I started doing the first year for his neshama, and I've been doing it every day for four and a half years, and it's given me such joy and peace, and I want to say that if we look at the extraordinary of what our forefathers went through, and 
it gives me such nachos and joy to be able to carry on my father's legacy. And that is the most amazing thing. So I look at the beauty of what we can carry on in generations in Yiddishkeit. And I want to share that with that woman because I was an only girl. And it's a tremendous loss, just like you said, Dr. Weinberger. It's like an amputation when you lose a, a, a parent. And then you go through a divorce right before that. And, of course, you know, dealing with issues of your own siblings and they have anger and they're not going to therapy, but you are. And I have to say that it's the most amazing feeling and it's very liberating to be able to not only on a Jewish, beautiful level, Yiddishkeit, and that you bring this television, you know, I mean, this radio show to help Jews that don't go to therapy because it's taboo in the in the Orthodox world. It's such an amazing thing. And I want to thank your show, because I think you're bringing that to the forefront. And it was such a stigma in the past, and I've called before, and I thank you again, and I want to share that with women, or even men that lose their parent, that there's therapy is one of the best things we can do in this world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is so important, and you've said it so well, so well. Thank you. Excellent. Okay. Thank you for that message, and everyone listening, Oh, we've got someone that has processed, and you can see how she's processed because now she's able to move to the positive and do something little nishmas her father, strength and the power behind that. Okay, we'll go Her to Nissen, Mrs. let's go to Mrs. E. Mrs. E. Yes, hello, Mrs. E. You're on with Mordechai and her of Nissen. Hello? Hello, Mrs. Hello, Mrs. E. Hello, Mrs. E. The number to call up and to ask your question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and we look forward to taking your questions and your comments. Again, 718-683-5858. And it's quite interesting, if we're talking about loss, there is a little of the dark secrets, I would say, that we discuss in therapy when someone comes in because they're feeling a loss, and that is guilt or shame. Sometimes people walk around, I should say almost all the time, but I don't want to say all the time, so almost all the time, people have that. Their Bajlam created this part of our brain that's got guilt. We go, I should have done more. I could have done more. Why was I angry at that time? Why did I do this those couple of years ago? There comes up this feeling of guilt or doubt, and that is sometimes that silent killer that saps all your energy. It zaps the happiness that you've got. And that pain, that sadness, is what can sometimes prevent the person from processing. Because in order to process the emotions and move on to the happiness, the person has to be able to recognize the pain, process the pain, or sometimes the guilt, sometimes the shame, sometimes shame saying, you know, my parent was amazing, but they did something that was embarrassing. Or shame, how could I have yelled, or how could I have been upset, or how could I have not have valued and appreciated? Each of those different feelings of shame or guilt can be there, and it will stop the process of moving on. And sometimes we need to be able to look at ourselves and really acknowledge it, really say, yep, I've made mistakes, or the part of the growth process is to have this sadness or, or whatever it should be. And when you could accept and say, yes, I made a mistake, but now I've learned from that, things get much easier, things get much, much better. We'll go to Mrs. R. 
Okay, Mrs. R, you're on with Mordechai and Rav Nissen. I'm happy that I got through. Usually you're very busy. Okay, uh, so... We also have enough time, which is great. That's very good. Uh, about Nisim, I want to say that whenever I hear this uh, song, Animamin Benisim, I remember uh, Rabbi Nisim, that he's really what he's doing in this radio. He's really performing miracles. And so happy yes, to hear you on the radio, is. finally. We missed you yes. for a while. He is uh, we missed the whole radio yes. for a while, but it's not on, on air. So I wanted to say that there is a book uh, written by uh, daughter-in-law of Rabbi uh, Ovad Yosef. It's about, it's, uh, the name is, uh, it's all about, it's all in your mind. And basically it's about uh, this, that if you think positive, positive things happen to you. If you believe in Hashem, that he yeah. could do positive things for you, positive will happen. And it's a very, very interesting book. He, she comes here from Israel also. And she, In uh, fact, if I'm not mistaken, gives, I think she even has a workshop on it. I've, I've, she has I've workshops on it. I was by one lecture of her, and it has yes. been endorsed by Rabbi Ovad Yosef himself. And yes. um, all based on uh, Torah and um, Yiddishkeit. And yes. uh, the it's very, very interesting. Of positive thinking. Yes, yeah, so she even has like a guided imagery of you're closing your eyes and you're feeling Hashem, the light's coming into you. It's, I, I know some people have taken it very, very positive and, and very good feelings from that. Yes. That's very, very interesting. I wanted to ask you another uh, question um, regarding someone. Uh, how does a person know, somebody who has anxiety, uh, how does uh, he or she know that, like, when he asks, uh, he or she asks people for opinion on things, and he or she still cannot uh, rely on them? Is it not trusting people, or is it the anxiety kicking? Well, so your question is, how could you tell when someone's got anxiety or when someone just just isn't trusting someone? Somebody, there is someone who had anxiety, all along, but now well, his therapist simple. is telling him that it, you don't trust people. So how do you know that is his opinion? By the way, those are the same thing. It's They're the same one, thing. and you learn to focus on different parts. That means if someone's got anxiety... And they also, because of their not trusting, could be that the root of their anxiety is not trusting. So then you work on why they don't trust. You work, were they ever abandoned? Were they lied to? Did people say one thing and act another? That's what I exactly wanted to say, that if the anxiety is due to chemical uh, imbalances and everything in the body, um, will not be will not be equal to having experiences that um, ended up not trusting people. It's two different things. This is this is so that's this is now you've chemical gone, now you've and this is gone into very very detailed levels. It means there are people that have anxiety not because it's chemical, because that's how they were raised in a lot of stress. They could have been raised in an environment where no one was trusting, and therefore that's why anxiety is coming. So you've already gone. So generally, people fo focus on when they start therapy, you don't focus that it's biological. You focus that it's environmental. If you're doing a couple of weeks and things aren't moving at all, then you start moving to the concept that it might be biological. But if a person was in that environment, you do not jump 
you don't jump to the concept that it's right away chemical. You just go with the concept that's environmental. I see. And uh, what about um, as far as uh, perfectionists? What, what role perfectionism? Workshop. I'm sorry? Our entire workshop of stress to inner peace, I should say a large part of it is focusing on the perfectionist component. So uh, does, what about the, per, the perfectionist uh, concept brings anxiety too? Uh, that is the, one of the main causes for anxiety is perfection. Let's understand what perfectionist is. In Yiddishkeit, there's a concept, shlemus, which is completion. Complete is not perfect. Right. Perfect, perfect is Hashem. This world was created and not to be perfect. If you're on this world, even a tree, whatever, if it's on this world, it's not perfect. Right. We, there's a shlemus, there's a completion that we can get to, that we did the most that we're supposed to get to. That's completion. It's not perfection. Only Hashem is perfect. And this world is, is created not to be complete. And that's why a perfectionist is never at ease and never at peace, because they want to be perfect, but only Hashem is perfect. So you're guaranteed to be nervous, depressed, hurt, sad, knocked down, lonely, because if you're trying to be perfect, it's impossible. And how, how is that someone who um, really aims, like, like he, he or she really admires uh, being perfect, how could he or she give up so easily and go to the other well, side. Well, let's clarify. So now you've explained, you've just clarified such a beautiful, amazing concept. And that is when people sometimes come to me as a client, let's say, I do the evaluation, I do the intake. Why? We want to see what's happening. What that means is I need to see, is the person ready to do therapy or does the person first need advice, learning why it's important to let go? And if a person needs to learn why it's important not to be perfect, that's unfortunately from experience several months of therapy. Because you're telling the person it's important not to be perfect. Then they're going to bring you 10 riots of people that they consider failures. You see, they're, doing, they're in bed, they don't get out, they don't get anywhere, all because they didn't try to be perfect. And then you need to explain to them, go through each person and recognize the issue why the person wasn't successful. is not because they weren't trying to be perfect. It's because they weren't trying to do anything. Perfect means you've got to get 100, and if you don't get the 100, you're upset. And even if you get the 100, you're upset because someone might have done the test quicker than you or someone might have done it neater than you. Extra so credit. <laughs> yeah. Extra credit. So perfectionist, so it's just getting them to realize that perfectionist is bad is generally 8 to 10 times or 12 times of meeting that person, and they're thinking about it they're disagreeing. Now, 8 to 10 times, if you meet a person once a week, that's already three months of therapy just for the person to realize that it's not good. Then it's got to register and sink in. Then they're going to make a mistake, and then usually when someone's a perfectionist and you start working on letting go, what usually happens is the exact opposite, which means they start let go completely. They go, oh, look, I'm failing. You see, I tried your way and I failed. Now you got to start explaining to them, no, there's a difference of doing something and doing nothing. And now look how you're not putting your life into it. Look how you've given up. And each of these points 
are several sessions. So if a person is missing the awareness, that's the great schos that I appreciate, Rav Nissen, for having this program. That means people are getting concepts for free. They could listen to it on their own, and they can agree or disagree. They can discuss it with others. And what happens is, when they, if they go to therapists, they're already gone through this pre-therapy stage. They've already they've passed this challenging, this disagreeing, that now they could go straight into the workup therapy. Listening to these programs that we have with Rebnison together is helping people. That takes up a year of therapy, those that are going, and saves them a lot of money saving the year. And this is all for free. Right, I want to ask you... Uh... This uh, uh, on this topic from another perspective, uh, how would you say that somebody is perfectionist? That's why they give up and do not try, or yeah. uh, do you believe in laziness? I don't really believe in the word lazy. I'll be honest with you. I know it sounds like a therapy word. I haven't yet seen a person that's lazy. I have seen people that are huge perfectionists, and they know they won't accomplish. They know they won't succeed. I've seen people that are depressed, and they're called lazy. I will just tell you, within the last two days, I met an adult person that everyone considered him a failure. And the man has, from the strongest adult ADD issues that I've seen, so creative, brilliant, talented, giving me so many ideas. But the person explains, I can't get out of bed. I'm stuck in bed, and I'm paralyzed with all these thoughts that I have to do. And I'm thinking all the different jobs I could do. He says, and when I get a job for about four months, I get bored of it. That's severe ADHD now, because all people were calling him from when he was in yeshiva to when he was working and job after job is that he's lazy. And he doesn't want to work hard. He's only interested the first two months of the job, and after that, he's not. Sometimes it could be a diagnosis. That's why I don't want to say everyone is just a perfectionist. There can be other issues going on. Rav Nissa, what do you say to all this? You said it all. I tell you the truth. There's so much things about it, you know, just... Uh, can I you ask know. you uh, another perspective to this issue? Wait, like what about, can somebody be selective in being perfectionism? Could someone go to the end trying to fix something, do something, um, and then something else choose not to do anything about it and, like, give up right away? Can somebody be selective? Yes, definitely. I would say yes. And more I answer for me. 100%. 100% yes, I agree with Reb Nissen. It's, it's an means, I'll even share with you when it gets a disorder of this, and tell me if you know these people. How many people do you know that are perfectionists on your mistakes, but when they make the same mistake, they, they rationalize? Yes. Uh, you know, yes. I, I tell you that many times I find the people that perfection. I said, listen, do your favor, favor, look at the mirror, look at the mirror. And you know the the the, machlok, the, the uh, conversation with uh, Rabbi Akiva and Astofos. You know I don't remember the name. Remember that he said, if a Kadosh Baruch Hu create a complete a, a perfect world or not. That uh, this is something that we a Kadosh Baruch Hu didn't create as a perfect. He gave us always something to work about it and to improve it. Otherwise, it's it's a world of uh, robotic, and we have to work about it. But don't be afraid. As you know, don't be afraid to make the the changing in life. And as as Rabbi Mordechai, the whole idea of Jerut Radio is awareness and awareness, and give the people the option to think and use the brain, use the the the, the mirror, and look at about upon, upon ourselves. How many things I learned myself here from this radio, 
and from this radio show that think that uh, you know about myself and about my my environment it is very important to see and to to take the the, the around the surrounding about us and look again and again and again and try to work because if we stop and said you know this is the most difficult stuff the perfectionist that give up they don't try yeah. to do anything and people call them lazy and other other names bombs and all this stuff and it's not it's wrong they the most creative people can be uh this kind of people you know that's with right. huge huge creation you know and uh, but when it's come you know when I learned painting you know one of things that you know to find a characteristic of the person look at the end of his end position if it's the end the palm is closed the guy is cannot fulfill is is you know is uh is thinking is tight and he cannot you know work on you know when the end is open and the fingers are wide open the person can be express himself and can do things and it's something that you have to look about people around uh, around yourself you know and to see that what the each of us has the ability and the talent to do but if we're looking at the perfectionism it's basically is holding us and don't then don't don't leave us to move forward yes thank you so exactly. much as always thanks a lot thank Close you up. you're welcome thank you're, you you're, you're very welcome thank you thank we'll you go to mr j mr j you're on with mordechai and harav nissen hello mr j yes i'm here how you doing Baruch Hashem, fantastic. Okay, I, before I ask my question, a disclaimer that I, I know nothing, because I just want to, I'm asking to learn. Okay, great. I'll just ask at that time not to mention any names. All right? No, no, no. I just, I want to understand, you know, sure. mental health became such a huge issue, and it's hard for me to believe that the rabbis of prior, of 40 years ago, 50 years ago, like they missed the boat on this? Whoa, whoa. How do we jump along those lines? I, I don't even begin to understand the question. Why, why? Where do you feel they missed? They did everything appropriate at that time, and now this generation needs this, and they're sending to therapy now. Where, where do we... I don't even understand Please, your no, way of I thinking. Believe, I think it's excellent. Nobody should suffer emotionally. Why is it coming out so, so in such a big way now? Oh, so now let's take your question. Wait, hold on. Wait, what does Rabbanim have to do? I just want to say, what does the have to do anything? Your question is, why is emotional health exploding in this generation and two generations ago it didn't? That's a question. But what does Rabbanim have to do with anything? Well, because I, you know, I think that the the the, the Jewish community as a whole, especially the Orthodox community, as the one caller previously said, there's such a stigma in in uh, mental health, and she's. Two callers ago, she no, said, "No, let's not. Let's, 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 I, I don't enjoy doing that. There's a stigma because we have that much more pride, and it took a while for us to catch up. But now that we're catching up, we've got more agencies going on out there. Wherever you go to, in every Jewish community, there are huge amounts of agencies. You go to Lakewood, there are two agencies of over 35 therapists each." 
which is paid for by the government. You go to Brooklyn. You've got just Jewish Board of Family Services. They've got three huge locations. You've got in Borough Park, you've got Ohel. You've got Pesach Tikva, which is in Williamsburg, and moved to Borough Park as well. You've got so many places. The minute the need is aware, look how quick we've moved. Now, yeah, you might have said why we can't move on it 15, 20 years ago. Give the process. We're, we're a community of a million from people. Give the process a time to move. I think we're moving very fast. I, Every I would... organization has Rabbanim endorsing it. I, I don't so know where... Do you think that, that, I, I look so at it the other way. So, but do you think it was necessary 20 years ago? I'm just I curious know. to understand. Uh, I exploded well, so big. Let, let me try this. Yeah. Let me, let me just put it uh, in a different perspective, you know. Please. I, I, I don't know how old are you uh, and uh, what is this. Let's, uh, let's face it like this. 50, 60, 70 years ago, the world was totally different. And I'm not talking about, uh, you was, know, there really the was different. What? Just a cell phone. Yeah, just, just cell phone changed everything. You, How much more stressed and busy is your life that 12 o'clock at night you're still checking your phone when there was no cell phone, there were no text messages, there was no internet? You got 30 years ago, do you know how different the life was? You know, you how go to the you, supermarket, you want to buy yeah. a regular cream cheese. Regular cream cheese. And it's under you found this shelf with 5%, 3%, 9%. This company, <laughs> this company, it's, it's overwhelming. You know, people, it's, it's well known. That uh, our world, basically, it's not only the uh, only the Jewish people. Believe me, right, the Jewish the people. Entire is the world entire is world has become crazy. Explosion. And the entire world is paralyzed. They're, they're calling it the millennial generations, the teenagers of today. They can't make decisions. They're calling now the people, the, those that are 20 years old today, sorry, those that are 30 years old today, they're calling them 20-year-olds. They're saying right after someone graduates college, they move back into their parents' house. This is in the Gaish world. This has never happened in the past. The person gets at 18, he goes off to college, they leave the parents' house. You go to the army or you leave. The entire world has changed. And I believe technology has a huge responsibility, a huge part of why that's happening. No Our question. brain is not giving us the time to recharge. We're so connected. We're not feel, we don't have time to be with ourselves and to build ourselves, which used to be in nature. The, the Rebbe created in the Brio. When you would go walking somewhere, you had to go to lunch. Just get your food. You walk 20 minutes. No, no cell phones on you. You just had time to be with your mind. You had the nature to ground you. We used to walk to school, you know, 20, 25 minutes, you know, to walk. No bus picking up, nothing, you know. And you have to, to stay, you stay with yourself. And it's, you know what? It's a total, you, you all used to open, you know, I, I, I remember I used to open my closet. I had a few shirts, you know, few, and, and, and we consider rich people, you know. And yep. today you open your, sh your, your, your penny closet and you don't know how many shirts and how, and how many pants. And uh, I'm not talking about the wife. I'm not talking about the, the, the kids. That it's really, uh, it, she doesn't have nothing to wear, but everything is <laughs> it's full. And this is the, so, this is the generation that uh, it, it's, we have everything and we don't have, we don't have nothing, I would say. Very so well saying me mentally, we're not keeping up with the pace of life. Uh, and that's where people that can hold such a, mentally need to get 
if you see you you look at your time let's say that fr- Motzei Shabbat started how fast is the week going to you it's like no time yeah it goes fast it goes fast around, it's another week it's go fast it's you know you once upon a time you goes to go to sleep when it's dark and go up when it's sunrise today we don't have you don't have this luxury anymore we don't have it you know and yeah. and the chi- to to grow chickens that they're giving eggs they leave the light all 24/7 because that chickens cannot have the cycle of day and night and we are the same now we are really the same now we don't have cycle of you know people how many hours you sleep how many hours you know you you, you have a rest if the phone doesn't ring or text you and people calling you at three o'clock no privacy so we have this all together it's become like so tense and so undecided uh, you, you you don't know what to decide and suddenly you want to you, you want to purchase small watch and you all go to the store and you said oh this one and this one and this one and this one you don't know which win this 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 actor with this one and this to a rebel have this and this my friend has it and where where the where's your personality come into it It's a lot of pressure, 100 percent. So how are we going to stop we, the next... Are we clear? Are we clear that let's not go into Hasshom, as you said, the Rabbana missed it. Hasshom, the Rabbana are right on it. And as the generation has a need, the organizations we're working with Rabbanim, they are Rabbanim that are specialists in the mental health field. in each Kihilo, you'll find someone. And we see the changes. We really, really so you, see the changes. Bar Hashem. So you're, so you're saying just 50 years ago, we didn't need this. Now I don't think we needed half of I think there was always mental health issues throughout the generations. You see it in the Gemara. You see it throughout. But to the level that it's exploding, I feel we are almost destroying our brains, be a dying with our hands, not giving us time, this rush, this information, this checking the cell phones every two minutes. Did I get a message? Having five WhatsApp groups going on at once, chatting with everyone. There's just so much expectations. Then our children's expectations of what they want. And this one went here, Chalamay. This one went there. And this one's, and then all of a sudden, it's coming now. Let's say, Lag Bremer, and who's going to Eretz and who's not, and how could you not go? It becomes now an entire pressure. A simple process becomes pressure. And it's not Chas Hashem that Hashem isn't happy with us. It's we're making made. So where's the, where, how you can plug this so that in ah, 10 so years there's not you an exponential amount of kids? No, oh, but how do we plug it that there's not an exponential amount of kids on therapy? And it's only going to compound, you know, it's only going to double that and triple. That is unfortunately the negative view that I do see. I do see that if we do not decide to make changes, and that's the point of these programs, us, Revenus, and that's the point of them, to start creating Let's Stop. Let's ground ourselves. Let's realize, are we heading in a place that's good for us and for our children? Start being that mature person and say, I am not doing it. It's right. You can do it. I'm happy not doing it. I'm happy with what I have. I'm happy spending time with my children. I'm happy going with them to a park. No, we don't have to go to great adventures. Or we don't have to spend all that money going to a place. We don't have to fly with them someplace. We can just go with them with a park, and we can read them a story. And that in itself is more than enough. Just having our presence is more than enough for our children. 
And as we have these programs, as people ask, we see the changes. I would say that we... Do you believe in proactive therapy? Do I believe in what? Having therapy before it's necessary. I believe in workshops, reading books, speaking to Rabbanim ahead of time. That I do believe in. I don't think a person's... We've discussed this on many, many programs. Therapy is when someone needs therapy. Going to shiurim is, I believe, a must. And that will help you today. The Rabbanim, the shiurim that we have, the the, Pirkeyavis is all all psychology. It's just Torah. I don't believe we need to go to therapy. No, I don't believe you should be going to therapy before you need it. I believe you should be connecting to Rabbanim. And if you're a woman, either listen to the men's shiurim or listen to the women's shiurim. We have shiurim all over. I do believe that works. And you know what the Rabbanim are saying? Put away your cell phones. You know what the Rabbanim is saying? Make an hour a night to learn. Let your kids see how you go to shul. You know what the Rabbanim are saying? Spend time with your kids when you're there on Shabbos. You know what the Rabbanim are saying? When you're at the Shabbos table, sing smears with your kids. Don't talk about current events. But don't be so busy about the newspaper. I got you. We listen to them more. We'll have a healthier and happier life. We, we have such a big... Chokhmah in our life, you know, just stick ourselves to Pirkei Avot and you have a happy life. You know, I was once thinking of giving a share on Shabbos about on Pirkei Avot. I could give on just each Pasik an hour drasha on that, just from the psychology component. The entire Pirkei Avot, it's Torah. Psychology is Torah. It's Chokhmah. This is something that's really, that's it's the Nefesh, our sages knew the Nefesh of Adam. And they understand it so well. It's amazing to see. And you can go to all the psychiatrist books and in the world. But and the concentrate is in our in our Torah. Yes. And, and this is if you know, look if you look at Ramwalbasif Hadim. He was an expert. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yes. Okay, one more question. I get one in. You mentioned that there's no such thing as laziness. And am I quoting you? I know. You're going to talk about Atlas now, the Sfarim, right? We're not going into that. We're just explaining no, for this generation, for saying. right now. No, I, I, that's not what I mean. Ah, what did Hello? you mean? Oh, I just want to understand. Uh, when you, laziness versus, I don't want to call it giving up, but a, but a lack of interest. Why doesn't that stem from laziness? Why won't it stem from... Can you define you know, you what lazy means? Define to me what lazy means. What does lazy mean? Okay, my own definition? Yeah. Not willing to, not willing to work to attain your goal. What normal person do you know would not want to be happy and grow and attain and move? Do you know any the, human being... Yes, I don't think people. No, I, I don't think people look at the goal as happiness. I think they look at the goal as just a so place to get to. To get you, to that person's got a distorted view, and you work on their distorted view, and now they're happy. So it's not that they're lazy; they're not inherently lazy. They put these high expectations. That's what we discussed with perfectionists. Oh, I have to reach that. It's so hard to reach it, and that is why people back out. But if you can break it into small pieces, they're not going to be lazy. Oh, I could reach it. I work hard. I feel good. You just give a couple of bits of information that they're lacking. 
So would you see that person? So if I tell that person, you go, let's say, 30 sessions to a therapist, you go 30 times to a rav, and we can have you feel excited about life. Do you think they'll take it? I guess. The answer is most probably yes, if the person's a human being and alive. And that is why I believe that, that the word lazy is misused. And it's more overwhelmed. That's the correct word. I, I want to say something that Rabbi Nachman said in Lekotor Moran. It's about winning and you know, basically with achieving. You know, He said when yes. you are aiming to win, it means that you don't look for the truth. If you want to do to, to find the truth, you're not aiming to win. And it's very powerful things to think about it. And people want to achieve the unread and the extra. This. They're not, they're not uh, aiming to the truth. They're aiming to their winning. To step but we have else. to learn about sacrificing. It, it hurts. It hurts to make money. It That's hurts. Right. You that's work right. hard and to get a hundred on the test. Part of the lessons, you got it. All right, thank okay. you, thank you, Mr. Thank Jay. You. I appreciate thank the call. God bless you for all your, all your work that you do for the community. Amen. 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 And thank you, Rav Nissen, and thank you all the callers for listening and for asking your question. Greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, Rav Mordechai, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Be well.